Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show, a place for men and the people who love them, where we discuss how men can find, understand, and embrace the healthiest versions of themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corpru. There are so many stories I could tell you about my father, Charles S. Corpru Jr., but this one I think shows the power of a man who made sure that his son went further than he did. When I was born, he was in the midst of graduate school, working towards becoming the first Dr. Corpru. He was also a rising principal in Norfolk Public Schools. Thus, that meant that he was up early every morning and home late most nights. I rarely saw him. My beautiful mother took up slack in his absence, but raising a rambunctious and precocious child like myself was not easy. And I missed my father. I remember one evening, I think, I was three at the time, I told him I wanted to spend more time with him. It probably was not as eloquent as that, I was three, but what I do remember was that he eventually stopped his program. He felt that it was time would be better spent with his son. I would pick up the torch 35 years later, ultimately becoming the first Dr. Corpru. As I scrolled through my pictures from my family's time together during graduation, I came across my father dressed in my green and black velvet robe and the silly hat that accompanies the Ph.D. He stood there proud, smiling, and confident. His chest poked out as if he had completed the degree. In essence, he had. It was his sacrifice 35 years earlier that allowed me to pursue my dreams. As we discuss the importance of fathers and fatherhood today, I am happy to have joined me Dr. Anthony Maxwell Purdue, CEO of Compass Leadership Group, Reverend Joseph Rakasner, renowned brother here in the city and mediator and facilitator of the Fatherhood Roundtable, and our first returning guest to the What's Your Revolution show, New Orleans Pent-Ultimate Fatherhood expert <laughs> and current ED of Ceasefire New Orleans, Gregory Rattler Jr. What's up, brothers? How you doing? Anthony, you on the line with us, bro? I am. Man, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? Since you're on the line, man, we appreciate you coming in. You know, we're going to give the first question to you, brother. Uh, what's your revolution? All right. Well, look, my revolution, it's, it's uh, interesting. In fact, my revolution, man, is to help other men and women to find their revolution. What you have so eloquently coined as what's your revolution, I simply ask, you know, what's your purpose in life and are you walking it out? And so, you know, it, you know, we're born for a purpose. We're born for a reason. We all are, right? And so what I try to do is help people to find their purpose, to walk it out, to be better leaders of themselves, of their families, of their communities, and particularly men and men who've been underfathered or who grew up fatherless, such as myself. Right, right, right. Anthony, I appreciate you, brother. We're going to come back to you. Yourself. Reverend Rickasner, what's your revolution? Well, first of all, let me say thank you for inviting me and us to the show. To the show. I want to thank uh, WBOK and Sister Rachel Graham for extend and you, brother, for extending the invitation question you ask is, what's my revolution? And my revolution is, change, is to change the hearts and minds of the people 
And when I say the people, especially African Americans, black people, we had a strange time in the history of our country. It's getting late in the evening and the sun is going down and we need to get a hold of ourselves. Let me also ask that uh, I serve as founding president of the Fatherhood Roundtable. And similar to what the doctor had spoke about, that is our primary mission and vision. The vision of the Fatherhood Roundtable is to ensure that every father will create and maintain a positive and wholesome relationship with his family and especially with all children under his care. This will ensure that our community, city, state, and nation and world will be a better place. That's our vision statement. Our mission statement says we are to provide a forum and an environment for African-American fathers and others to participate in and develop strategies, experiences, opportunities to enhance the father-child relationship. And if I may, let me shout out a couple of the brothers that work very close with, with me, Brother Al Mims, uh, Brother Bailey, Brother Hill, Brother Stephen, uh, Brother Greathouse, and I could go on and on because many say it takes a village to raise a child. And what we do is wrap, around, wrap our arms around those who may not have a father and give them a role model, not a perfect role model because none of us are perfect fathers. I know for sure I'm not one. I'm a father in the making. I have children and grandchildren, and I was blessed to have a father in my life. So as I look back over my life and look today, I can only thank God and say how far that he has brought me from. Man, that's a beautiful story. Thank you, Reverend McCasner. Gregory Rattler, Jr., what's the revolution? Dear brother, um, so I want to echo the brother's sentiments and uh, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I have to shout out Dr. Patrice. Uh, because she is absolutely uh, my mentor in this fatherhood work. Um, in terms of my revolution, uh, it's really just to be a servant, brother, um, to be a voice, to be an advocate, um, and to continue passing on solid information um, so that we can, we can build strong communities. Like the brother said, it takes a village to raise a child, but the village has to be able to raise that child. Right, right. We need good information. We need people to have, have, have a disposition that, that lends itself towards community towards building, towards investing, uh, because if we don't take care of our children, man, we have nothing. Man, you're exactly right. We're going to open this up early today. I know Rachel's like, what are you doing? But what? I'm going to ask this question out to the audience. You know, how has your father or a father figure helped shape you uh, into the person you are today? Give us a call, 504-260-9265, 504-260-9265. How has your father or a father figure helped shape who you are today, and that's open to all the men and all the women who listen to the show. Um, Dr. Uh, Dr. Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, man, you know what? I've been knowing, let me give a little history. Um, uh, dear brother, and when I say dear brother, my dear brother of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. Uh, uh, big brother Mad Max was probably one of, the, one of the integral reasons why I wanted to become a man of Omega. I got to see... Uh, Brother Anthony on the yard at James Madison, doing what he does, doing what he does so well even now, showing his leadership potential at JMU, and what it meant to be an Omega man, you know, to stand tall, upright, you know, to do his thing, man. So I appreciate you, Anthony, for being a, a, a role model, a friend, a great friend, you know, just being able to see your walk, man, because without you, brother, I don't know if I'd be in this space, man, with you and Chris and Lindell, 
all the good brothers at JAMU, man. I appreciate you so much. I just want to put that out there now. But, Anthony, tell the world a little bit about your story. Who is Anthony Perdue, Mad Max? <laughs> Sure. Well, well, before I do that, you know, I got to get you back a little bit. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you call me Chucky 16, bro, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I, I'm cool. But look, man, I, first of all, you know, I am so proud of you, Chuck, and, and just, you know, what you've done is just awesome. And I, you know, I've seen the What's Your Revolution. I've seen the trailer, that four-minute thing, and it's just awesome, man. Oh, kind of summarizing you. your story, man. But I, I'm very proud of you. Um, Basically, man, when I was 40 years old, you know, 40 years young, this was six years ago. I'm an old man now, right? Wow. Um, <laughs> I, I, did, I finally discovered my purpose in life. I had, you know, I'd always wanted to do something big. I was a gymnast about 40 pounds ago. I was, a, you know, a, a music producer, I, you know, made rap beats. And, you know, I was an executive at, at IBM selling stuff. You know, I was in my first marriage, and I really wanted to figure out who I was. And, um, and that's when it, when it hit me, you know. Through prayer, you know, God showed me that my path was to help others to find their purpose in life. You know, Jay-Z even has a line in a song with him and Kanye West where he talks about, you know, helping his son to find, you know, it took him 26 years to get his life together, and his goal was to cut that in half. So my goal is to help others. Um, and then around 2013, man, when I, and I'll put it out there, right, when I was going through a divorce, it was a very difficult time. That's when I decided to go back and get a doctor of strategic leadership because I had to figure out, how I could stop the cycle of pain and how I could become a better leader of myself, of my family, and others. And so that's how this whole thing started, man, and really, you know, um, three, four years ago, and, and I'm still I'm, I'm in the midst of it now. So it's, it's beautiful. Right, right. Just to reiterate, Dr. Uh, Purdue is the uh, CEO of Compass Leadership Group in, in Washington, D.C., man. And as you talk about leadership, because at, at the forefront of fatherhood is leadership. I, oh, yeah. Would you agree with Absolutely. that? At, at the Absolutely. forefront of that. And so we have to take or we become, and, and I'm not taking away from the sisters because they are co-CEOs to our families. But, right. you know, you think about that. How are we going to lead? And I don't know that is something that, you know, I, I'm working through as I prepare myself to be the best partner. You know, how do I lead in that? How do, how do I lead and then accept being led as well in that piece? And so good fathers you know, and we're going to talk about that today, have to understand their role in the leadership of the family, but they also have to role in understanding how to follow the other leader as a part of that. Re I see Reverend Rakazin wanted to say something. Go ahead, brother. You, you know, you hit the nail on the, head, on the head when you say a good leader has to also be a good follower. See, you got to come up through the ranks. When you're young, you think you know everything because you got youthfulness on your side. I can remember my father telling me quite often, boy, all these years I sent you to school and you still don't know nothing. And that stuck with me. Let me say that my parents, father and mother, sacrificed for me. And when we talk about changing hearts and minds, we have to learn how to sacrifice for the good not only of our children, but the good of our community, the good of our race, and the good of our nation. Sacrifice. We have to understand that we're not going to get anything out of this system unless we make sacrifices. My mother worked in them white folks' kitchen, right, serving them. My father started out as a peddler. Both of them got to retire, my mother from Charity Hospital and my father from being a merchant marine. I saw work work ethic in both of them, doing the small things and working toward the big thing. And that let me know my route was going to school. 
and, and was also to be an educator. I detoured and got plenty of experience as a firefighter, fire captain with the New Orleans Fire Department, got a chance to travel all around, meet some great brothers out of New York, California. I could name the city. But the bottom line is you have to learn before you can teach. You have to lead where you go, and you can't teach what you don't know. And so, therefore, sitting under some great people, uh, Brother Spalding out of Washington, D.C., Dr. Doris Hicks from the Friends of King Operation in Education. And let me throw in right quickly that as we sit in Curriculum Council preparing for the, the, the new school year, we talk about these same things that we're talking about now. How can we better serve our children through the leadership we have as educators, as community people, as con caring and concerned people? How best to impact the lives of our children because we're losing so many of them? No doubt, no doubt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Greg, brother, um, just a little bit, and then I'm the, the second, second question, just tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. You've been on the show before, just a small snippet. But in that intro of yourself, Tell us a story about Greg Rattler Sr. that has stuck with you. Um, honestly, man, every day I wake up, uh, it's a story about Greg Rattler Sr. that sticks <laughs> with me, to be honest with you. Right. Um, but my, my father, I mean, I, I wear his name every single day. Mm -hmm. so, feel you. Feel um, you. So, so that in itself, um, I feel like, is a blessing. Um, I've, I've been in too many spaces where I've introduced myself to people, and the first 10 minutes of the conversation is way so... Are you so you, you know this guy named Greg who works at the bank? You might so and, and those type of situations always bring me to a place where I understand that what I do it reflects on my father exactly. because it's it's not me. I, it's not my name. It's his name. Um, and, and so so every time I I have an opportunity to be um, a servant, every time I have an opportunity to be of support, I think about how my father raised me. Like he he challenged me to always ask questions. He challenged me to never be satisfied with just what I have. Um, and it, and it, it, it carries over into how I do my work. It carries over into how I comport myself as a man. Um, and I, I have to take the privilege here to lift up the work that the brothers do in the Silverback Society because I feel like that is exactly what I was, I was fortunate to be able to have growing up um, and to have the opportunity to be able to pass it on to young brothers Every single day is uh, is a truly blessing. No, no doubt. You listen to WBOK 12:30 a.m. This is the What's Your Revolution show, talking to Reverend Joseph Kasner, Dr. Anthony Perdue, and my main man Greg Rattler, uh, CEO of Ceasefire here in New Orleans. And, and, and we talk about these experiences with our fathers. So, you know, I'm the third. You know, and you know, for a long time, and Anthony knows when I was in school, I was Chucky. Right. right, you know, and, and, and as he said, you know, I didn't want him to call me. I had a license plate that said Chucky 16, <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? That was my thing, you know. I ain't going to let him call me out, Mr. Casual. I'm, I'm going to put it out there myself, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, you know, as I, once I got into, after college, it was Charles. Right. And then you really get into this presence of, I'm Charles Corporal. My father was civil rights pioneer, you know, CEO, principal, you know, all these different things. I, I walk into my father's room in the house and plaques everywhere. I, I, I totally understand. You know? I, I totally understand. You know, and so just the, the, having to walk in those footsteps, 
you know, it's, it, it can be tough sometimes. But, but you also got to see a, a model. You know, um, Anthony, you've talked about your experiences, you know, sometimes with your father. Can you tell us something, uh, uh, you know, your experiences with your father? Um, and I know sometimes it, they were challenging, but what was, so, what was something that you took away from that, that experience with your father as you were coming along? Yeah, let me. So, 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 absolutely. I mean, that is <laughs> that is a difficult question. So, I'm gonna answer it, but I'm gonna answer it in a roundabout way. No, good. Do you think, brother? So, 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 first of all, right, you are a third man, and 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 what fathers need to recognize is that everything we do lasts for seven generations. So, in other words, the impact we have on our children can last anywhere from 150 to 200, you know, plus odd years, because the average lifespan or the average generation is 25 to 38 years old. So. So when you talk about generations, that's why it's so important as men that we know who we are, what our why is, our our mission, our purpose, as well as the, the, the Reverend talked about, the, you know, the vision, right, as well as what our vision of our family is. And like you said, uh, you know, Chuck, your father showed you that vision, and he knew who he was, and that has been passed down through you. Now, with my father, uh, you know, unfortunately, I had the blessing of not meeting him until until I was 21, and I say blessing because out of any pain, there's always some kind of gain. Mm. And for me, in answering your question directly, what I got out of it, man, was forgiveness. Practicing forgiveness as a, as an adult in order to love, because you know if we're not able to 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 practice and to forgive others, even ourselves, you know, then we're unable to love. And if we're not able to love unconditionally. We can't be servant leaders. And so that's what the brother Greg was talking about, being servants. You know, in order to be great, you need to serve. And so serving my father, serving my family, serving my kids, my wife, all of that is a, is, is, is a you know, from the lesson of learning forgiveness of, of with my father. Right. Anthony, look, brother, you know, we talk about vulnerability on the show all the time. And so I'm, I'm most appreciative of, of that story because we don't. You know, we don't always have the best stories about the men in our lives, but what what do we take away from them? And, and like you said, the blessing at 21, because we think about whenever the father figures coming into to our lives, what can they bring to us? Because in essence, they are men who are trying to grow and develop themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we we you know, as a developmental psychologist, you think about that some people will hit maturity at at 18. Others will hit maturity at 40. It just depends on their experiences and how they interact. I see uh, how they interact with their people. And I, I see Reverend McCaslin again, man, you know, how they interact with their families, you know, and some of us are fortunate. But like you said, your relationship with your father taught you, you know, forgiveness. And think about what we need as a country right now. Mm. You think about where we are as a society and how many times that we get upset with each other over the little small things and that we want to hold things in. And let me just add right quickly. We're talking about fathers, and I'm glad we're talking about fathers because far too often fathers are needed, but they're overlooked. And let me tell you why I say that. As an educator, serving as uh assistant principal at King High School and the Lord Knight Ward. When we look at our community, a lot of times fathers are missing in action, mm. and that mother has to wear both mantles. The village, more often than not, tends to be broken, but that male in that child's life, be it the teacher, be it 
the coach at a school, be it a member of ceasefire, a member of the Fatherhood Roundtable, has to step up and assume some of that responsibility, even though that child may not be your biological child. Let me also add, to be a man, you got to see a man, right. a real man, and watch that man's walk. What I got from my fathers and those uncles in my lives, the coach who now serves as my pastor at Greater Mount Carmel, where I'm the assistant pastor. He was my coach at Harden Park for years, and when I went over there to that church, I didn't even recognize he was the same man that coached me as a kid. But as I kept coming, I realized what God had put in my life. And it's a joy to sit under him and watch how he handles the church. But now that being said, when you look at a man's steps and you decide or not decide you want to follow in his footsteps, men, we can never, mothers, we can never get weary of our children. We can never get tired of them. They're ours. If, there's no, if they're for nobody else, they're for us. And when I say that, we can't give up on them. And that's part of the problem. See, my parents sacrificed for me to get this master's degree that I had. Right, they right. sacrificed in so many ways, getting up early in the morning, going to work, teaching me about a work ethic, teaching me about having a word. See, when we talk about changing the value system, the money not worth the papers written on, and we running behind it like we done that's lost we our doing. mind. Right. The most important thing you could have in this life is a word to let your yeas be yeas and your nays be nays. We never give up on our children simply because the Bible says some water, some plant, some water, but God give the increase. You might not see the results of your work, maybe not even in your lifetime. That's what, that's what but when said. God about to bring you to that right. fruitation, when you realize what you're really here for, and it's not to dress up and look pretty, <laughs> it's not to have all the women in the world, but to be a real man to those who God has put under your charge. He never puts more on you than you can bear. And when you do that, then you've done something for the least of these. Man, and the, the theme that seems to be coming out of this whole conversation is purpose, right? That as fathers and as leaders, we must understand our purpose. And that purpose and that revolution must be greater than ourselves. That's right. Absolutely. It must be greater than ourselves. Absolutely. And just a little sidebar, you, you, you think about uh, you know, the, the brotherhood. You, you, you think about being a man of Omega and how the brothers of Beta Delta Delta have you know, sometimes, you know, feel that void. You know, the, the, the brotherhood. You, you think about the relationships with Chris, you know, and Leon and Deke and Don, you know, all the, the relationships that have lasted for 20, 30 years now, you know, as, as, as we have grown. But you think about when we were in college, how, the, how that brotherhood, how that friendship filled some of the voids that we were missing in our lives. You know, and, and, and part of that, part of fatherhood is understanding what brotherhood mm -hmm. means as well. Because I think about my relationship with my father now, who is 88 years old, spring 49, Theta Psi, Omega Psi Phi, right? Who is my, is my boy, who is, is my friend, who is my confidant, who, but we understand, he, we understand that brotherhood. Because right now, you, you think about at 88, civil rights pioneer doing all this thing he was out there he was doing his thing right he can't drive anymore he's got to rely on my mother right so you think about that leadership that you've always been doing you've been out there you've been at the forefront and now you've got to you've got to take 
be taken care of by your wife. And, and let me just add to that the importance of family, importance of a father and a mother and that village that surrounds you. I remember early on we were discussing off air how, how I got into this thing that I'm into, and that's being a father to the fatherless. I was at Suno in the late 60s, and there was a monumental protest going on where the students, which I was one of, took over the campus because we felt Suno wasn't serving mm -hmm. our needs at the time. And we rolled Dr. Bashford out the door and changed the door and took over the school. Governor Edwards, not the one we got now, <laughs> briefcase Karen Edwards, he came to talk to us because they wanted us out that building. And he told us, if y'all don't get out, I'm going to send the state police in, and they're going to put you out. They just killed some brothers and sisters up there in Baton Rouge. But to make the long story short, young leaders, right, scared to death, didn't know what to do. We reached out to the community. We snuck out that building and hit the streets and let the community know what was happening. And I said I wasn't going to cry. But I told my mom and dad. They knew where I was. I told them what was going to get ready to happen. My mama said, you know mamas are protected. Uh, boy, you better come out that building before you get hurt. <laughs> like my mama. Such and such, blah, blah, blah. My father said, and I'll never forget it. He told my mother her name was Lucille. He said, Lucille, let that boy do mm -hmm. what he's doing. Right. He's standing for something. If he don't stand for something now, he will never stand. Yeah. And when the state police was supposed to come and we woke up that morning and looked out the window at Suno, we saw the community mm -hmm. surrounded us. Right. And that kept the state police from killing us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's the thing. You know, my father has always said, you know, sometimes you got to go out. And, and take the raft out on your own, you know, and, and, and just to finish that part, as I was saying, now he's 88, and my mother has to take care of him, and I, and I go home, and he's fussing at my mother, right? And my mother looks at me, right, and says, can you handle your son? <laughs> that's, that's what she said, can you handle your son? And my father and I have a way of speaking. You know how, you know how we talk with our people. And so the lion who has been roaring all day long, right, subsides. Because we, we, you know, he knows that I got him, and he's had me, you know, in that piece. So you, you think about this, you know. Again, as you listen today, you listen to WBOK 1230 AM. Give us a call, you know, after we come back for the break in a few minutes. 504-260-9265, 504-260-9265. Before we go to the break, gentlemen, let me ask this question to you. We've got about four minutes till we go. Why is fatherhood so important now in our development and becoming the healthiest versions of ourselves? Because that's the premise of the show. Why is fatherhood so important in our development and becoming the healthiest versions of ourselves? Greg? So I, I think now you've got, uh, you got so many competing forces um, in, in the world. You know, you've got media, you've got, uh, you got social forces, you've got what's going on in the community. Our best self starts at home. Hmm. Right. Um, and say it again, Greg. No, your, your best self starts at home. <laughs> and, and, and because if you if you can't take care of your business inside of your home, you can't take care of business anywhere. That's right. Yeah. Right. So. So for, for me, like fatherhood is important now, because like the brother said, if, in order to be a man, you got to see a man. So if if in your close proximity, 
you don't have somebody giving you the, the, the roles, the responsibilities, the duties, how you provide, how you protect, how you create, how you hunt, how you gather. H how do you comport yourself to be able to show up as a man in, in community? So I, it's, it's impossible for our brothers to, to be men, and it's impossible for our sisters to really understand love by a man if they don't have a father. Because right. they, they run into the first gentleman they see on the streets, right, and right. like the brother said, you run into the brother who's concerned about having all of the women in the world as opposed to creating a kingdom with that sister. So right, you got all of those right. As we say in, in the psychological world, you know, uh, fathers are a young lady's boy, first boyfriends, you know? So, so your father, your father should be his son's first hero mm -hmm. and his daughter's first love. Right, right. Anthony, Anthony, shortly, brother, uh, quickly. Why is fatherhood so important in the development of our healthiest version of ourselves? Well, that's right. And another, what, what I, what it's also called arete, which is that that excellence of yourself, right? And so I think a couple quick reasons. Number one is because of the broken, the brokenness of families. Like you know, back in the day, even in the twenties, you know, with black families and other families, we were together. We were under one roof. You know, the agricultural age, you know, still kind of you know uh, uh, lag, you know, lagged in. So we were able to to be together. And now, uh, you know, fifty-seven percent of Black children don't live in the home with their dad. Mm. So it's more important than ever that we are proactive in, in fathering. And then secondly, because the world is in chaos. I mean, you think about the sex trafficking. A, 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 you know, Chris Rock, right, he talked about it, you know, keeping your daughter off the pole. And, and what happens is when, when women are not or young girls are not given, you know, given um, um, father, you know, given fathers or we're not there for them, they're more likely to be homeless. And when they're more likely to be homeless, they're more likely to be involved in sex trafficking, right? So there's a lot of stuff out here, man. But those two things really, man, being up, being there and also because this world is just, is just in chaos. So, so just about every metric that you can evaluate to determine the well-being of children, it's there are marked improvements with the presence of a father, right? And I want to also mm -hmm. lift up something that, that the brother just said. I want to I make sure that we, we are not making brothers feel like because they are not residential that they are not fathers. So just That's because right. you don't live in the household with your child does not mean that you are not and cannot father that child. Right, Absolutely. right, right, Absolutely. exactly. Y'all stay tuned, man. We got, you know, some good conversation going on about fathers and father figures here on the What's Your Revolution show with Reverend Joseph Rakasna, Dr. Anthony Maxwell-Purdue, and my main man, CEO of Ceasefire, Gregory Ratliff, Jr. Stay tuned, man. Give us a call, 504-260-9265 after the break. We want to hear how has your father or father figure shaped who you are today. Dance with my mother and me, and then spin me around till I fell asleep. Then up the stairs he would carry me, and I knew for sure I was loved. If I could get another chance, another Another dance with him I'd play a song that would never, ever end How I'd love, love, love To dance with my father again Ooh. When I'm my mother 
to him He'd make me laugh just to comfort me Yeah, yeah Then finally make me do just what my mama said Later that night when I was asleep He left a dollar under my sheet Never dreamed that he would be gone from me If I could steal one final glance One final step One final dance with him I'd play a song that would never, ever end Cause I'd love, love, love To dance with my father Sometimes I'd listen outside her door And I'd hear how my mother cried for him I'd pray for her even more than me I'd pray for her even more than me Welcome back to the Western Revolution Show on WBOK 1230 AM. Having a great conversation with, with my boys, you know, just, hang, just hanging out. Reverend McCasner, <laughs> Greg Rattler Jr., and uh, Big Brother Mad Max. I'm going to have to say that one more time, man. <laughs> i have to say it one more time. We're going to go to my main man, Kenneth, on line three. Kenneth, man, thank you for calling the show, brother. How you doing? I'm fantastic, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I really didn't hear a lot of the conversation, but I, when I heard the topic and the subject, I just wanted to throw this little tidbit in because it can cost you if you don't. And that's be careful that when you have the conversation about being more inclusive in your child's life or as men or, or even having a conversation, particularly with women, about make, um, being more open to the male figure being involved in the child's life, you know, talking about the stats and all of that. Because if you're not sensitive of how the conversation goes across, first you're going to get a lot of um, pushback already. And if you if you don't talk in the right tone or if you say too much and give out too much information, it, then that's used against you too because it's, it's so resistant. And I'm just give you a little case in point. Over the weekend, actually um, Sunday night, my ex-girlfriend and I would – who, um, because of this conversation, is now my ex. <laughs> mm, we, were talk, that, we were talking about we were talking about 
um, Mother's Day and Father's Day, and that turned into how more men ought to, I mean, more women ought to, should be more open to the men. And I gave a lot of statistics you talked about. Um, and I said, oh my God, that turned into uh, I hate women conversation. So, so, Brother Kenneth, I mean, can you elaborate a little bit more on that conversation? I mean, as you were dialoguing between the importance of uh, Mother's Day and Father's Day? The difference, it became an issue that because people say, well, you know what? what, what we have been doing is not working, then maybe it's something about me, and it becomes personal. And so even when you start giving the stats, then the, the, the defensive nature kicks in and it started, well, that's not me. I'm not that. And we weren't even talking about our relationship, right? Right. <laughs> we were hey, actually just talking about the subject matter, okay. about men and women and how fathers are not respected like mothers are, because here we have Father's Day coming up on, on and, it, and as we were like, how often do people make a big deal on Father's Day about their father? Right, right. Versus I hear you. I hear you. How big a deal they make on Mother's Day. Right. And I'm telling you, be very – and it really was all about what you guys are talking about, but that was the subject. Right. And that turned into a defensive conversation where I became – because I continued to, to push the issue like, nah, this is real talk that I must hate women. And I was like, wow. we going that, And so that's how it turned out. Like, well, you know what, if that's so, this, the conversation got so serious that we had to back up from one another. Well, let's, let's unpack this because you have sparked a, uh, an interesting conversation now, Brother Kenneth, uh, that my producer, yeah, this, my producer is now coming to the I'm studio. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Anthony, Anthony wants to answer your question. Go ahead, yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah because there's, there's a lot to this, and I think, you know, again, Chuck, would, you know, this might be psychological, but I have, I have a question for you, Ken. Is your girlfriend or ex-girlfriend now, Is how is her relationship with her father? Brother Kenneth, he, uh, uh, Brother Anthony asked, how was your ex's relationship with your father? I, I think we with lost him, but we're going to ask this question. Uh, Kenneth, you know, if you get a chance, give us a call back. But um, it, the question was, how... How is this woman's relationship with her father? And so to get the woman's perspective here on this, because mm, we, we might have sparked a little debate in here, nope. there, there, is a, there is an interesting thing about the difference between Mother's, mother's Day and Father's Day. Yeah. And I'll say this from a financial perspective. You can go anywhere to eat on Father's <laughs> Day, right? Yeah. Right? You can't get in anywhere to go eat on Mother's Day. Right. All right, Rachel? So the woman's perspective, a couple things. One... Um, the, the disagreement between our caller and his, unfortunately, now ex-girlfriend, and hopefully they can work that out because I think this is a superficial conversation that really could be smoothed over. He actually has a point, and, and I'll, I'm willing to be the woman that says he definitely has a point that uh, the experience that fathers have and the big hoopla that's made around Mother's Day is not equitable to that experience that you have on Father's Day. So that is, in fact, true. The one thing I will say um, as a woman, I thought the direction he was going to go with that is this thing that I can't stand to see, and I am a single mother of a son and a daughter, is the happy Father's Day to mothers. I absolutely hate that because no matter if I am the only person in the household, there I, I am pulling double duty, but I will never be a father, ever. The reason why you can go, and to your point, the reason why you can go to a restaurant without any issue on Father's Day is not that we're not 
taken care of y'all it's that traditionally i'm speaking traditionally mothers are the ones that are slaving in the kitchen and our gift a lot of times is mama don't worry about cooking we're gonna take you out to dinner with daddies is mama's gonna make you a big old supper and everybody's gonna come together to the house so it's not in my opinion that's why it's different that mm, women you know it's okay we're going to take care of you on mother's day and on father's day the women are like well we're going to cook everybody's going to get together and we're going to do a big old meal at home right what right I greg then we go to quickly to reverend mccasney greg go ahead so i, I mean I, I, this is i guess like my pers- my perception here um but i think society has kind of turned the two against each other right so being being a pro-father in society vernacular equates to being anti-mother, right? So, so it's, it's, you, can't, you, you can't have a space where you celebrate fathers and mothers equally because they equally contribute to who, who we end up being. Like my Aunt Carol always say, there's a male and a female model of what every human being is supposed to be. And you're, you're, you're born to a mother and a father so that you can learn from both of them. So we have to, as society take the, 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 I guess, the adversarial relationship between mother and fatherhood, we, we got to remove that. Then we will be able to be in a place where we can value both sides equally. And let me just chime okay. in. Let me just chime, excuse me, my brother. Let me chime in right quick. See, for me personally, Father's Day is good. I look for nothing special on Father's Day. I teach my children, take care of your mom. See, because I'm a man. I'm going to take care of me. Take care of your mom. When I ain't around, look out for because everything got a season in the town. Take care of the queen of the house. Right. Make sure she smiles. Make sure she's happy. See, because my reward is seeing you grow up to be productive men and women. It's not instant gratification. It's not tit for tat. I, in the long run, my goal is to see that you're able to take care of your family, leave a pos- lead a positive and production life, and then when I close my eyes, I got a reward cup. Reverend Cass, I'm going to push back just a little bit. On Go ahead. That, right? Go ahead. And, and, and the pushback is, is hopefully taken in a positive is that when we think about these traditional forms of masculinity, you're saying go take your mind. I don't need anything, right? So right. You, right. So there's that, there's that model to tell your sons that, okay, take care of your, take care of your mother because they'll say to the kids, I don't need anything. But in essence, we do need things. You know what I'm saying? And we have to allow ourselves to be in that space, to be loved, to to receive that. Because that's that traditional masculinity. Say, so, you know what, go ahead and do this, you know, because I don't need anything. But, but what happens if, when we don't get that, you know, even though we say, even though that reward is you go take care of your mama, it still feels good when we get that. And look, let, let me say this. You're absolutely right. But see, if you train up a child and you're telling them things, he going to reward you accordingly. Right. Even though you didn't ask right. for it, right. he going to show his love mm-hmm. because he knows that's what needs to mm-hmm. be done. I tell all my people, don't buy me nothing. I got everything I need. The love y'all the give love. me so is that, all exactly. that I need. Right. But look, see if I don't get no gift, be looking at them all. <laughs> <y'all> like, What's <laughs> happening yeah, here now? Yeah. So, so my, my, dad, my dad's got four sons, right? And to him, you know, like like the, the greatest reward or the greatest thank you for him is seeing us succeed, right? So every every graduation, every accomplishment, every achievement, that, that is what he considers to be like his his thank you. So to him, 
every time that happens, it's fatherhood. I mean, it's Father's Day every single day for him. So, so he, he, he. I understand exactly what you're saying, brother, because he's not the father that's looking for the tie or the socks, but he's looking for that report card. He's looking for, you know, if you go, if you go be in a band, I'm looking for you to be drum major. If you go be on a football team, I'm looking for you to start to be a captain. So that's that, that's that's the approach that I think most fathers tend to take, which is kind of why we see it that way. Yeah, and, and 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 that's the thing, you know, because I think about my father now at 88, man. I love on him. Right. You know, he's bald. He, you know, the, the, the bald head. I, I cut I, my pop's hair, man. You know, <laughs> I, I, I love on him, you know, and, and I remember, you know, and again being vulnerable. When I was young, my father would kiss me on the cheek, man, when I was leaving, right? Mm. And I remember, I remember, like, one of my boys saying, man, your father kisses you, you know, the, during that whole period, like, oh, that's gay, that's gay, right? right, right. You know what I'm saying? So at some point, I was like, Dad, you can't kiss me no more. Right. You know what I'm saying? Man, every time I see my dad, I kiss him on his head. I kiss him on his cheek. I love on him. I rub, because, you know, it is important for him to know, and it is important for me to know that you, I am you. Man, that's your daddy. That's man. You my don't have dad. to explain to anybody how you love on your but pops. Still, but still, but, but that goes into these traditional forms of masculinity and right. how we express our love right. to other men. So let me ask this question because we're going to move. You know, the show goes fast when you're having a good time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think about my relationship with my father and how I've seen him react and interact with other people, right? Absolutely. So how has your father, inter- father your, how has your interaction with your fathers or father figures shaped how you interact with women? That was, and that was the question, and I, and I have to thank my good friend Marla Cornelius for that uh, consultant facilitator at Compass Point. As we talked last night, she was like, go deeper in the, your questioning, all right? How can fathers shape how we interact with women. So how do your fathers really impact that? Well, in two ways. You can learn from your father what to do and what not to mm-hmm. do. Since go. none of us are the perfect father. Absolutely. And, I, and I need to tell you, when I was younger, there was conflict in between my mother and father in the household. And sometimes it played itself out f- physically. But the love that bound them together kept them together. I can't explain why it did, but it did, and it was for the good of our family. Now, I'm not using this prescription telling nobody else to do it, but I will say this. I wanted to so very bad take all his good points and incorporate them into my life and leave his bad points with him so that it don't continue to flow from generation to generation. So the relationship with my father Helped me in so many different ways. So, so my pops never hid anything from me or, or any of my brothers. Like, I mean, he, all of his mistakes, he made sure that he explained to us the mistake and the lesson that he learned from the mistake. Um, like my pops, in terms of like relationship with women, my pops and my mom were never married. Um, but not for one day did I ever question where's my father. You know, am I going to see my father? Is my mama keeping me from my father? I never heard my, my dad say anything bad about my mom. Never heard my mom say anything bad about my father. And also, my father told me that regardless of the relationship you have with a woman, you never burn bridges, mm-hmm. right? You, right. You, you, you always remember the fact that she is still a woman. She's still a person. She's still a human. So just, just that, that mm-hmm. basic human element of respecting people and appreciating people at a very basic level is something that I'm very grateful for my father instilling. Right. Anthony, go ahead. And I'll say this from, from a perspective, of, and, I, and I look at what, what the Reverend talked about, right, because my father was not there. So it's the question is, what did I learn from his absence, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the fact that I was not loved on from another man. So I wasn't shown that love. So that's something, again, Chuck, you talked about the fraternity and becoming a Q and all that. 
that's what I, I, I mm-hmm. saw it when I got on the campus of James Madison, which is that real true love and brotherhood. Right, exactly. However, in being a dad, it helps me to know with my son, my 10-year-old son, AJ, you know, I give him hugs, man. I give him you know, right. kisses, on the, kisses on the head, and I tell him I love him every single day. Right. And I believe that we have to tell our kids, you know, and we have to show our kids. In fact, there's a study by, I think it's called How to Reduce Youth Violence by Gail, that talks about hugging your children, hugging your our, our boys, reduces reduces violence because they because now they're able to understand what love is and what love really looks like from a father. But I do want to go back to one point go ahead, we talked go ahead. about earlier around shared parenting. Because uh-huh. um, I, you know, the brother Ken called in, and, and I got to push back a little bit in terms of not, you know, having difficulty having the conversation. We need to have these conversations. We need to educate. The public. We need to educate men and women of the importance of a father in children's lives, right. and start to think not tactically, not with emotions, but think about legacy. What is it going to mean two, three generations from now, based upon the in, the impact of, in the presence of a father? And then the last thing I'll say is, you know, there are organizations out there like, um, you know, um, our, our blended families, and there's the Maryland Shared Coalition or Shared Parenting Coalition that are really pushing legislation. And policy, and uh, you know, Judge Chief Judge um, Arthur Burnett, who's also an Omega, who worked under Thurgood Marshall, is really on the forefront, even at 83 years old, pushing for shared parenting and shared fathering. So, this is something that has to happen. That's happening, and we have to have these conversations with women and men alike. So, yeah. Exactly, and I, I appreciate it. You listen to WBOK 12:30 a.m. This is the What's Your Revolution show, talking about fatherhood. Fathers, father figures and their impact on our lives. We're going to go to line three and Nakia. Nakia, thank you for calling the show. I appreciate it. Uh, hi, I'm uh, Reverend Rakazza's co worker. All right, all right. And Hello. Listen to us today. Hi, Reverend Rakazza. This is Miss Diller. What's up, my dear sister? Hi, and uh, he mentioned that he was going to be talking on the show today, so I listened in and I was calling in to give a comment. I heard some of the wonderful comments that have been made. I, uh, Reverend Ricasa and myself, we work for the Friends of King School District, and we service uh, children in the Treme area at Joseph A. Craig, as well as in the Ninth Ward area with Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Charter Elementary School, as well as the high school. And as a young woman myself growing up without a father, my father was killed when I was three years old. I'm sorry. So I have very few memories of my father. And um, being in the school system, I see that we do have some families, some children that have the father present, but we have so many kids that don't have their father's presence. And this summer, we have been working on a committee called our Curriculum Council where we gather and we speak about things um, that um, our school has. And one of our big initiatives in the Friends of King School District is to educate the whole child. And a part of that initiative is the family dynamic. And uh, that's why I called in because I want to commend Reverend Rickasner and many mentoring programs like yourself. We have programs at our school, like the Fatherhood Roundtable that Reverend Rickasner spearheads, as well as Mulan de Kappa, well, we have to teach these young men. We uh, we have a lot of kids that don't have fathers, and with our young men who are who don't have that father present, these men have stepped up to the plate. 
to give them the mentorship that is needed to teach them how to be men, to do what their mothers are unable to do. So I just wanted to call in, comment on those few little things in which all of you fathers and all the fathers out there a very happy Father's Day. Thank you, Nikia. We appreciate it. Thank you, my sister. You know, and those those fathers who, those impending fathers, those budding fathers, <laughs> those men that want to be fathers, you know, <laughs> like my like myself. And, and let me add right quickly, Mulam the Kappa, a Greek organization, and I think we may be, as for sure in New Orleans, one of the only charter Greek fraternities in the city of New Orleans that's chartered and certified on the high school level, Mulam the Kappa. Yeah. And shout out to James Mack. Mr. Octave and all the rest of the brothers at MLK High for their great work. Gotcha, brother. Let me ask this one question, you know, because we are in a, we are in an equitable and inclusive show. So, you know, as I said, you know, we think about how our fathers, uh, our father figures have shaped how we interact with women. How do those figures shape how we interact with other men? And then I'm going to go for this third question, all right? How do they shape our interactions with other men? Because, Anthony, you talked about forgiveness early on in the show. You know, how does that? So who wants to chime in so, on this uh, one? So I, one word, accountability to me. That, that, is, that is about, the, I guess, the heaviest lesson that my father told me about dealing with men, right? Like, like the brother said, let your yeas be yeas and let your nays be nays. Right. So if you tell a man, brother, I will be there to stand That's with you, right. then when, right. when brother looks to left or right, he better see you. Right. No, no discussion. Brother shouldn't have to call and say, are you coming? If you give brother your word, if you give sister your word, if you give community your word, that is all you have. So, right. so I, I, I mm-hmm. think that is probably the one lesson um, that my father told me that all of that other stuff will melt away. But you will be standing alone with your word whether or not you said you were going to wow. come to it or not. Wow, he heard that. Yeah. Anthony. I would say, man, it's about self-awareness and self-regulation. I agree with the brother definitely about, um, you know, what he's talking about. But, you know, I wrote a book last year, an e-book called How to Lead Like a Lion, The Seven Keys to the Kingdom, right? And part of it, one of the first keys I put – is know thyself. Come on. And there's a, there's a term called emotional intelligence. Right, so there you it's, go. It's the ability to know and understand your own emotions and understand others' emotions so that you can practice self-management. Right. Part of the problem with men not having fathers is that we are undisciplined. We get, you know, we start cursing out our women and we start getting upset and yelling. And what women, what woman is going to want to hear that? They, they, they roll out. They're like, I'm not going to sit around and talk to that. Right. And the same thing happens with other men. That's why we, be, one of the reasons why we get into such, you know, beef over silly stuff. It's mm-hmm. because we're unable to check our own, you know, our own emotions. And I, t- I have a saying. I tell people, you know, be the thermostat, not the thermometer. Oh, there you, you go. There you go. In the room. Right. You know? Right. Let's go to line three. Let's go to line three with Aaron. Aaron, what's up, good brother? How are you? What's going on, man? How y'all brothers doing? What's up, brother? We doing well. What's up, brother? Great house. What's going on, man? First off, shout out to the fatherhood round table, man, and all you brothers. You know, happy fathers day. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Oh, you, you brother. I just want to say, you know, one thing we got to learn as fathers is that, like our president said, man, we got to let our yeas be yeas and let our nays be nays. And we can't be afraid to stand up for what and who we believe in. And until we understand that principle, I mean, you already know where we can go at with that. <laughs> but you got to, as, as men, anything, whatever you want. But I got so much to say, I'm trying to get it all out at one time. It's all good, brother. We appreciate it. As men and as far as we got to, 
to stand up and taking the lead to everything because we the high priest within our homes. Mm. And in order for us to teach our kids anything, we got to know who who we are because knowledge itself is important because if we don't know who we are, we begin to identify with other entities and other things that we know nothing about. Right. That's right. Our brothers have a good day, man. Have a fall as they Man, Aaron, man. I appreciate you. Aaron, appreciate you, it. my brother. Man, this brother. has been a, uh, an amazing show, man. I got one last question for the the. the the esteemed panel that I have here on the show. Um, you know, Anthony, you've talked about so I want you to go first, man. What can we do for fathers, you know, who are struggling, all right, first-time fathers, fathers who didn't have that male presence in their lives? How can we help them be the best parents, best fathers that they can be? What, what do we need to do as a community to ensure that we're putting the best fathers in the best space Gotcha. Well, look, man, the first thing, and, you know, I would say, man, is we got to create more awareness. So, Chuck, what you're doing, Dr. Charles, what you're doing today is educating, you know, uh, America, educating the community. We have to educate on what the true value of fathering is. And there are so many resources out there. In fact, most of the resources go un unused. So, like, the, you know, you can go to father.com, the National Center for Fathering, Fa uh, National Fatherhood Initiative. 100fathers.org, Concerned Black Men. I mean, there's tons of resources. So that's the first thing is to educate. The second thing, man, this is what I do. I actually am a coach, right? I'm a leadership and life coach. And so part of when I, when I help men, when I help fathers to help find their purpose, their revolution, there's a, there's a process to that. And I also help other coaches become better at helping others to find their purpose. So a community of coaches, of servant leaders, can create and beget more leaders, more fathers, man. So I say it's education, number one, and number two, is create a culture of coaching where we help one another to become better fathers. It takes a village, a collective. And, and not to cut you off, Doc, they're running fast on time, but let me say, if you're in the city of New Orleans and you want to know how to be a better father and you, need, you want some interaction, contact the Fatherhood Roundtable. 504-722-2804, Fatherhood Roundtable, 504-722-2804, or take a look at our Facebook page. Uh, also, you can pull up the uh, the two reports that were produced by the uh, New Orleans Fatherhood Consortium, uh, data reports and uh, social indicator reports. Check right. that as well. You know, and, and we think about that, but there's some other things. we got just 30 seconds, gentlemen. You know, you, those are some good things, but I, I'm struggling, you know. You know, I, I'm that struggling father who wants to be a better father, right? What is the what quickly? What does the fatherhood roundtable do? What what we do at the fatherhood roundtable? We meet as a group with our children, some biological, some not biological. We do prayer, we do conflict resolution, we talk like men. We leave our degrees and our titles at the door, and we interact with one another like brothers interact to show. Older brother to younger brother, come see. You got to get up off that sofa. You got to get up and come see something, then do something. Brothers, I appreciate the conversation. Mad Max, big brother Mad Max, Dr. Anthony Maxwell Purdue, CEO of Compass Leadership, CEO of Ceasefire, Greg Radler, and Reverend George Rickasner, president of the Fatherhood Roundtable. The real Joe Rickasner. Thank you real for Joe being Rick on the What's Your Revolution nice. show. Thank you for the W.K. Kellogg Foundation for all the unwavering support. My man, Jazzo, behind the wheels and steals. And my producer who makes this happen, Rachel Graham. 
Thank you for listening to the What's Your Revolution show and answer the most provocative question of your life every week. What's your lever- What's your revolution? Happy Father's Day. Happy, Happy Father's, Father's Day. Day. And Father Figures Day. <laughs> What's left my kind of say?